Ladies, welcome back to The Mentor's Table. If this is the first time that you've joined us here, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Joy from TheMentorsTable.com. In the first two episodes, I've been laying a foundation for why taking care of ourselves should be a priority. One of the things I've been thinking about this week is that it's so crazy that we get caught up in this lie that if we take time away from our family and our friends so that we can take care of ourselves first, that we're somehow either being greedy or we're going to actually hurt our family or friends by doing that. But the truth is that if we don't take care of ourselves first, then the way that we interact with our family and friends is actually going to be more hurtful hurtful than helpful, whether it's speaking from exhaustion, whether it's impatience or something else, because we have not taken care of ourselves first, then it ends up hurting those that we love the most. So that's why this season we're talking about making taking care of ourselves a priority, because then there'll be more than enough of the good version of you left to give away. I'm excited because today marks a new chapter for the mentors table. We're welcoming another voice to the table. Each time that we have a new person join us at the table, we're going to pick just one specific area of taking care of ourselves and discuss that in great detail. The four topics that we'll cover are number one, our priorities to make that topic a priority and remain a priority in our life, our anti-priorities, which I'll explain more in this episode. Also, we'll talk about where we turn to for accountability. And finally, we're going to talk about where we turn for lifelong learning in this area. So for today, I'd like to welcome my good friend to the table. You may know her as Elizabeth Enzer from LizzieLovesHealth.com or at LizzieLovesHealth on Instagram, but I've always known her simply as Lisa. In this episode, we're going to dive into the topic of taking care of our health as a priority. Now, if you heard that and your first thought was, oh man, they're going to tell me to eat less and exercise more, I want you to pause and give us a minute to start talking first. I think you're going to be surprised by some of the answers. Not only do we dig more into the root of the problems that perhaps would be in relation to our health and why our health is not a priority, but we're also talking about our health, not just from a physical standpoint, but from a whole body standpoint, spirit, soul, and body. I really think you're going to love this conversation. Pull up a chair. Lisa, hi, welcome to the mentor's table. Hello. It's so good to have you here. Now, for those of you who are listening who don't know us, Lisa and I actually go way back. Um, over a decade ago, <laughs> we were um, teaching at the same school together. We were pregnant with our firstborns together. We even had our firstborn children just 10 days apart from each other. Um, and even though I moved away from Oklahoma and to Wyoming, almost three years ago now, uh, we still have a great friendship and I love every chance I get to sit down and talk with her. And there's been so many times that we've had these heart to heart discussions where we're challenging each other and we're talking about what we're learning in our own lives. And I've thought, man, I wish I could record this because I think women <laughs> would really be encouraged by all of this. And so because of that, um, this is especially exciting for me because we're actually doing that. We're recording and getting a chance to share our conversation with all of you listeners. So 
Lisa, let's go ahead and jump in. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and then also um, maybe kind of summarize your health journey that's led you up to this point. Okay, great. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. I feel so honored and I've listened to both of your um, podcasts before and I was so inspired and sharpened. So thank you for having me. Um, I am an artist. I'm a creative. I am a wife and a mother and I am married to the most wonderful man. We're celebrating 15 years this next August. So really exciting. I have two sweet boys. Uh, Brooks is nine and Sullivan is five. And Um, We're in kind of a transition right now. We're living with my mom while we remodel our next house. And it is quite a learning experience living without most of your things around you. And um, it's really taught me so many amazing lessons. And one of the ongoing lessons is really about my health and really the value of taking care of myself and listening to my body and, um, It all kind of started, um, it was probably back when you and I were teaching together. That was the pivotal moment. Those pivotal years, uh, I had a lot of respiratory issues and I was, I felt really desperate to, um, heal my body and figure out what was going on. And so it started me on this journey of starting to read and research and pray about how to take care of myself and, From then on, I have accumulated a lot of knowledge and then really have tried my best to live it out. I think that's the hardest part is we keep accumulating knowledge and and to stop and figure out what's actually right for me in this season and what do I resonate with. So uh, here I am still on a health journey, still learning how to take care of myself. I love health, but I also love learning from other people and sharing what I learn. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, kind of going along those lines, let's just jump in and start talking about our priorities. And um, obviously, I think we'll both kind of focus on what we've not only the head knowledge part, but what we found is right for us. And I think that that's really important to consider when you're making your health your a priority, that you think about what is right for you. So even as we are talking about our priorities, I don't want you to think, oh no, that's what should be at the top of my list as well. Those priorities are going to change from person to person. And really even for ourselves, they change from season to season, depending on where we are. So hopefully as we discuss our priorities, they will either strike a chord and maybe remind you of something that you should be making a priority or maybe it will bring to light something that you hadn't thought of before and you can formulate your priorities from there. So Lisa, what would you say are some of your top priorities as far as making sure you take care of yourself and your health? Well, it was really fun to sit down and write this out because um, I really, at the top of the list, I want to live a self-controlled and disciplined life. And so that is really my top priority. And so I think about that. What does that mean? Um, I am a morning person and I know not everyone is. And I, I can also be a night owl, but I have to choose. And so I have chosen to get up early 
and I have chosen to create a quiet space for myself. And I absolutely have to have what I call Bible time and time to write and journal. And that um, has not always been my number one priority, but when I do it, and I've been very consistently lately, and I, I mean lately in the past year or two, um, I am a completely different person. So my really my priority is waking up by choice, not just by chance, and making the intention of I choose to get up. I'm not just um, a hot mess when I get out of bed and start the day. I am intentional with the time I get up and what I do in the morning. And um, really, for me, I love to reflect on the day before or my feelings that morning or what I have going on. And then I turn my journaling into kind of a prayer. And that when I start my day that way, especially with a cup of coffee, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I am the best me. I am just the best me. And I'm the most patient. I'm the most intentional. I feel like I'm the most in tune um, with the person that I want to be. And so after that, um, I would say beyond the priorities of waking up early, healthy food and supplements um, go right along with that. And I have really learned what fuels my body and that I also need extras. So those are just like way, way top of the list. Um, and I love to read. So I make reading a priority. I read every single day and there's not like a magic number of pages. There's not a magic amount of time. I just, it brings me joy. And so I find some part of my day every single day to read. And sometimes it's a lot more. And then sometimes it's a little bit less. I also have made exercising a priority and I have not given myself, you have to exercise every single day. I, I, my goal is to be, um, to move, to move weekly. And so that's several times a week for me. And then, um, I like to combine that with being in nature and I really love it when the sun is shining. That's just like, to me, the ultimate time to be outside. And, um, it's a priority for me to be in tune with my body and my intuition. So I would say it's a, that's a big list, but I think all of that is really being intentional. Yes. I love that. I think intentional really sums that up in a good way. And I think that when we originally introduce this as a talk about health, a lot of people will think, oh, it's going to be, well, number one, expensive if I try to switch over to being more healthy and making that a priority. And number two, I just, you know, I just can't. But I love that so much of your list involves things that we wouldn't necessarily immediately connect to health, like making time to read and making time to journal. But I believe those are really really key for um, recognizing those as priorities because your health isn't just about what you're eating or how much you're exercising. There's that whole mental and spiritual side of it as well that is intrinsically linked with our health. Yes. Yes. Tell me, Joy, uh, what are your priorities? I'd love to hear from your perspective. 
Well, along the lines of what you said, a lot of them don't necessarily fall under what people would immediately consider part of your health. But my number one priority, and it's always been this way with every new thing that I learn about how our body works or how food affects my body or how exercise affects my body, um, I have to, number one, always keep peace as the priority Because if I am getting caught up in what the latest fad is and what's going on and what things I should be buying and what things that I should be doing but I'm not doing or things that I'm uh, not doing that I should be doing, then it just turns into stress and anxiety for me. And I know enough about our body to know that stress actually has a physical reaction in your body. It creates um, an acid basically for your body and your body, as most of you probably already know, has a pH balance. And so if you are constantly adding acid into your body, then the pH balance is going to be off and that can be detrimental to your health or even fatal on an extreme, an extreme case. So God has designed us with this amazing design that has this defense mechanism that when your body senses that it's getting too acidic, it will go into the survival mode to help take care of that. But the survival mode is to encase all of that acid with fat. And so your body, Mm. that acid isn't um, affecting your pH anymore, but now you're carrying around this extra fat. And so that stress and anxiety literally makes your health worse as opposed to making it better. And so I've always kept that in mind that um, if I'm getting too caught up in what I'm trying to work on health-wise, whether it's eating or exercise or something else, I have to keep peace first and always make sure that I am um, going with what brings peace to me and peace to my family ultimately too because if I'm stressed out or if I'm stressing them out with something new, then um, it's just working against us. So that's number one. Number two is a little bit more on the um, what you would expect. But eating real food is a really big priority for me. Uh, Everything that we've read and everything that I've studied, like you were talking about with taking that head knowledge and then turning it into what actually works for me, um, so much of that has come back to just eating real food and making real food and not buying it processed and convenient and popping it in the microwave and things like that. So... For us, if that's our priority, then that does turn into spending some more time prepping food in the kitchen. It turns into uh, a higher grocery budget than maybe the average five-person family has. But for me, because I have made that a priority, then those things kind of fall into place and they are doable. Um, I think that if you get... The reason that we're talking, we're talking about this in the context of priorities is because like we talked about in episode number two, priority was originally meant to be singular. Right. We as humans have turned it into this plural thing and figured that we can somehow bend reality and have multiple things that are our priorities. So many times when I talk to people about eating real food and prepping in the kitchen, I hear a lot of, well, I just don't like to cook or I don't have that much time to spend in the kitchen or we can't afford it in our budget. And I feel like if those things are the priority, then right. 
then yes, then that's what's going to happen. The real food is going to fall to the wayside. But if the real food is the priority, then those other things find a place to line up underneath those and you are able to make that happen. Right. Uh, uh, Joy, I, I heard the funniest thing. Um, someone said, uh, I would like to order my groceries online, but I also want to go pick apples in an orchard for a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's kind of what our society has come to, that we're too busy to like walk the aisles of a grocery store, but we would spend three hours in an orchard to take pictures of picking apples. <laughs> uh, that is so, so true. <laughs> it's funny when the truth is. It's so ironic because it's so true, but it's very funny at the same time. It is. It, yeah, it's a little sad, but it's. Um, I, it made me check. I was like, oh man, what am I trying to be convenient? And then what am I trying to make as a memory? And, you know, how do we balance those two views? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see in my own life times where I think I really romanticize and I know the value of gardening and, um, I would totally do a photo shoot in a garden, but the reality of (laughs) if I actually put the time and the hours into creating a garden and planting a garden that, that just has not happened yet. Um, okay. So real quick, I have one more that is just recently been put on my priority list. Um, okay. In the book Essentialism that is rocking my world right now, they're talking about the value of sleep. And I have yeah. really, 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 really put that behind me as, oh, I don't need that or I can make up for it or it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I'm seeing that if I don't make that a priority, then I just don't get enough sleep. And um, it was interesting in the book, they talked about an article that was saying how there's a shift in how people look at sleep. It used to be that we used to glorify the person who never slept and pulled all nighters and worked, you know, a hundred hours a week. And now that is shifting so that we are actually starting to glorify the people that are most productive. But those are also the people who schedule naps into their day and make eight hour, um, nights of sleep a priority. So it mentioned an article that Bill Clinton actually said at one point, all of my good decisions were made when I had plenty of sleep and all of my bad decisions were steeped in sleep depravity. Whoa. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And obviously, you know, the leader of the free world, that's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yes. But it's, it's a big deal for us on so many different levels too. And just What's really been um, hitting me is just this idea of if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm actually hurting those that I love the most. Today was a classic example. I did not get enough sleep last night. And so I started, you know, on a half empty tank and then it turned into me being impatient with my daughters, me snapping at them. And then we combined that with not eating quick enough. And so I was hungry and sleep deprived and it just ended up hurting them more. And I thought, you know, sometimes we think that we're going to hurt I'm going to hurt my daughters by making them go to bed early so that I can go to bed early. But really, that's not what's hurting them. What's hurting them is when I choose not to do that and then they have to suffer the consequences of me being impatient and short with them the next day. So anyway, that's the end of my list. 
That's good. I really like that. Those are great. Thank you. So I want to transition now to talking about our anti-priorities. And I just wanted to define that a little bit first. So an anti-priority, again, going back to the book Essentialism, if you haven't bought it yet, you need to, um, is this idea of making sure that the decisions that you make are the absolute best thing that you can be doing with your time and with your life at that moment. Um, there's a, I think it's from a Ted talk that he talks about making like the heck yeah decisions going with just the ones that you are all in super excited about. Like that is your priority. And so there may be good things that come along too. Um, there's another part in the book that talks about, um, if you're not 90% in, then, uh, then it's a no. And so you want to be like 90%, 90% or more set on this is the best thing that I can be doing with my life right now. And it's hard because the 70 and 80% choices look really good. Right. Um, so what we're talking about is anything below that 90% that we need to let go of because they're taking away from us putting all of our energy into the priorities, into that top 10% that we know we need to be focusing on. So Lisa, for you, what would, what would that anti-priority be? Well, you know, the the only thing I could really think of for kind of this answer was I still struggle with some mom guilt. Even though I live intentional, I still struggle with um, things that get in the way of exercising and being active. That's probably my weakest area. And I just, I want it to be more of a lifestyle. And I've, um, I have let the feelings of my kids, if they do or don't want to go to the gym or be outside or go on a walk with me or, you know, go, you know, go exercise or walk or something when someone can be with my kids, I've let the work of that get in the way. And so to me, that's like mom guilt that's weighed on me. And I am just turning that around. I'm not letting that cancel out my priority of being active. And I was listening to your podcast um, when you reviewed the book Essentialism in the last podcast. And I literally had a decision I needed to make that day about something. And I listened to that and I knew, oh, heck yeah, it's a, it's, it's a no. Yeah. <laughs> heck yeah, it's a no. What <laughs> am I sitting here going well, maybe this and maybe this. And there was, it was kind of a 50, 50. I really could go either way. So I think that question, um, needs to really be asked with the things that you feel guilty over as a mom. And so do I need to exercise? Heck yeah. I mean, why am I sitting here saying I feel bad making my kids, you know, take part of their day so that I can be active or be active with them. So now I'm changing that mom guilt around and I'm trying to find things that we can do together. So we've been skateboarding. <laughs> nice. I love that. We have. I started last summer and we picked it up again and it's fun and it's, we're active and we're laughing and our, you know, our heart's racing. And, um, it, it's just, it's funny because it is so, the opposite of the mom guilt. It's me doing something with them and being a good example. Yes, that's so great. Saying no to mom guilt is 
A big one. I think that one of my um, anti-priorities kind of falls under the same category in the idea of just comparing yourself, um, comparing yourself to other moms. And especially in the area of health, I feel like, you know, there's so much focus on our image and so much focus on how active we are that we just want to always be comparing. And of course, with social media, we have all sorts of new and varied opportunities to compare our, our real lives to everyone's highlight reel. And it it's something that I've had to make sure that I say no to. Um, I like to have role models and I like to be around other women who challenge me to be healthier. But sometimes that actually kind of gets in the way because I just start getting down on myself because I'm not living up to their level of activity or I'm not going to the same amount of workout classes that they're going to or I'm not eating the same food that they're eating or I'm not cutting enough sugar out, you know, any of those things. Right. Um, and it starts to turn into that mom guilt like you're talking about because I am trying to put comparison more important than my actual health. And like we talked about at the beginning, we got to find what works best for us. We each need to individually figure out what that looks like and what that is. And it's not going to be the same amount of, you know, good things that we see around there. We've got to focus on that top 10%. Yes. Also another one that was on my list was, um, social media and not as much for the comparison uh, factor, but just the time wasting factor. Yes. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to make health a priority and I'm going to make making real food in the kitchen or I'm going to make sleeping a priority, uh, I have to cut back on social media because that time sleeping, especially that time goes to just scrolling through Instagram or um, scrolling through Facebook and I'm on both and I love them, but I'm, I just need to make sure that those are in really small moderation. Even for, right. even for the mentors table, I found that it's more important to me that I don't post as much on Instagram, um, or keep up with Facebook or post new articles on the blog. Like it's more important to me that I am taking care of what's important for me. And then just checking in on a more, uh, probably a more periodic basis, uh, with my, with my mm, virtual family. <laughs> I guess right. You right. You know, it's <laughs> not even, not even related really. Family is giving it a little bit more, probably a little bit more priority than it needs. Okay. So also I wanted to talk a little bit about accountability. If anyone has listened to my table talks from last season, I talked a lot about how Change is not going to happen without accountability. That's just how we're wired. So, Lisa, for you, what do you do to help establish accountability, specifically in health things? Um, I know with your priorities you talked about, that includes not just food and supplements, but also journaling and reading and um, reflecting. What are the things that you have put into place to help keep you accountable to actually follow through on those things that are most important? Okay. That's, that's such a good question. I, you know, I still love the old, uh, new year's goals and I don't call them resolutions because 
to me, they're attainable things that I want to work toward and they're, they're new habits I want to add in that I want to keep in, uh, but also things that are just important to me. And, um, I love encouraging women to read because not only does it give you a lot more to talk about, I think a lot of times as moms, we can be so focused on what our kids are doing that, we don't have a lot to bring to the table when we see friends or other family members. And it's so, I think it makes such an interesting person that is reading about a lot of different things and can talk about, um, you know, a book you're reading, but also reading is shown to significantly de-stress your body. And so to me, uh, reading does the, the complete opposite of you know, all the things I don't want to be happening to my body, everything you were talking about with stress to me, reading is quiet and it's calming and my body rests. And I, I really feel filled up. So to me, when I um, start every year, every new year, I think about the last year and I think about who I want to become And that's how I set my priorities for the next year. Now, here's something that I did this year that I've never done. I actually put my goals for the year in my phone. I put it under my notes and I check it weekly. Uh, I mean, I check it uh, very, very often. And um, I actually put, you know, I want to visit my sister in California as a goal. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I kept reviewing it over and over and over. And then the opportunity came up that I got to go see her. And I just remember thinking that is so cool because I had set an intention at the beginning of the year that it was a priority for me to go out there. So number one thing is even if it's not a lot, even if it's things that are just important to you, write a goal to guide your year. And then after that, um, I, every, every morning in my quiet time, I have, um, things that I speak over myself and over my body. So it's, it's from that scripture confessional, um, from Harrison house. And, uh, we got it when we were teachers. Do you have that one joy? I do. And you know what? I'm going to put a link in the show notes so that if you are interested in purchasing it, you can. It's phenomenal. And it, it has confessions that you can speak over yourself. And this is accountability to me to remind me of who I want to be. So one of the confessions, um, which um, uh, to me is so powerful is it says things like I'm disciplined concerning the priorities of my life and mm-hmm. I am live a spirit controlled life and I am um, peaceful, consistent and loyal. And it's the things that I want to be, the things that I'm attaining to be, but it also reminds me daily of this is what I'm working toward. And it's amazing because when you confess that you're peaceful, you are more peaceful. Mm -hmm. And when you confess that you're consistent, you're more consistent. And the really cool thing about all of those character traits is that when you speak that over yourself, um, peacefulness begets more peacefulness. And the more that you do those things and walk in those character traits, and I think the easier they are to walk in them, but the more consistent you are and they, I think they spill over into other areas. So I speak over myself every morning. And then the other thing I do to be accountable to me is I, I pray and ask the Lord to really help me be in tune 
with my body and what it's trying to tell me. And there's a, there's a fantastic book called Radical Remission, and they talk about people that heal themselves of different things um, all naturally. And there was nine consistent things that all of these people did. And to me, the number one thing that blew my mind was that each person was in tune with their intuition. Their body was already telling them, like, I feel awful when I eat that ice cream. My my stomach feels awful when I eat a big bowl of ice cream. I love the experience, but then my stomach bloats up like I'm three months pregnant and I feel awful. My body was trying to tell me you do not react well to this. And so not everyone's body is saying the same thing, but I have been in prayer asking the Lord, help me to be in tune with my body so that I know how to make better choices. And I really feel like those things, having goals for the year, speaking over yourself, and then being in tune with your body um, it's not necessarily accountability to another person, but it's it's really accountability to yourself and to the Lord. And then I have um, some friends that I have shared uh, my New Year's goals with each year, and that has that has been something that helps me really solidify them. And once I think once you're, you've spoken them out loud, they're even that much more powerful. Yes, I love that. Our words are so powerful. Um, for sure. And I love that you use that accountability to yourself because I was, to be honest, I'm the one that com- came up with these questions, but I was in yeah. trouble coming up with my own answer, especially for this one, because I found that the hard thing about being accountable to somebody about health is that I generally want to ask somebody to keep me accountable who's stronger than I am. But then that comparison thing comes in and then I just get frustrated with myself or I get down on myself if I'm not keeping up. And then on the flip side, if I were to ask somebody who's not as healthy as I am, then I'm just not challenged in the way that I need to be. And so it kind of doesn't have any fruit either way. So I love that you have introduced another form of accountability of being accountable to yourself and using those words to your advantage for sure. I believe, I believe in the power of the spoken word so much. And I do believe that like sharing the goals with your friends at the beginning of the year. Um, and man, I, I keep going back to back when I was living in Oklahoma and we would get together. It was me and Lisa and a couple other friends and we would share our goals and Lisa's always blew me out of the water <laughs> and challenged and encouraged me. And I was like, oh gosh, I have more to write. I need to, I need to, to aim higher. But I, but speaking those out really was the game changer and yes. saying them to somebody else. I believe that the, this podcast is a form of that for my own life. The more that I am speaking out what I'm working on and what God is teaching me, then the more I am accountable for that as it goes out into cyberland and other people can listen through their earbuds. Um, I found that on the, kind of the same note with that, the more that I do speak that out and make that a a goal that I have spoken and put out in the public, I also feel that the attacks kind of come even stronger, like trying so hard to just knock me off course. And mm. oh man, it's it's a it's a pride struggle because you don't you don't want to put something out there and then fall on your face and then have right. to admit that. 
but there's the reality of, I want listeners to also understand that I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. And right. so when I'm putting this out there, it's as much me starting to be more accountable for these things as it is trying to encourage and empower others. And it's not because I've got it mastered at right. all, you know? Right. There's a a really cool story my mom's told me and I, uh, from her days in college. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but this really stuck with me. I've always been incredibly goal-oriented, um, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but um, she said that she had a professor in college that would make personal goals of things that they wanted to do. And this person was an artist. They would set deadlines for themselves. And if if they were running behind, they would stay up and pull an all-nighter mm. just to meet a deadline for themselves, a mm. personal deadline. And that really stuck with me. Um, and actually, a few years ago, I had set a, a book goal of a certain amount of books I wanted to read. And that last week of the year, I, I was close, mm-hmm. but I didn't think I was going to make it. And I actually pushed really hard just to complete that just for me. And I, I didn't even tell anyone, I didn't tell anyone, you know, I have, you know, three books that I'm halfway through and I'm going to make it a priority this week just so that I hit that number just for me. Like it was not for anybody else. I don't, I don't even think I've even shared that, but I just think it's so powerful to have personal goals that are absolutely just for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing I want to add, and as far as asking other people to help keep you accountable, I know it's super intimidating. And generally, if you're looking for somebody that challenges you, it's even more intimidating to then ask them for help. And I think a lot of that is rooted in this fear that we're going to be a burden or we're going to be an inconvenience to somebody. And I have to say that from my own personal experience, the few people that have asked me specifically to help keep them accountable, my initial reaction was I felt so honored that, yeah. that they would trust me with that, that they would go out on a limb and ask me that. And I feel that some of the people that I've talked to and asked for them to also keep me accountable, the reaction is always so, are you sure? Wow. Okay. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know if I have that much to offer, but I'd, I'd love to try. So if anybody is struggling with the fear of just asking somebody to help keep you accountable, can I just say, do it? It's going to be a honor for them for you to ask as opposed to a burden. Don't let that lie keep remaining in your head any longer. Okay, so Lisa, let's uh, wrap this up real quick. The last thing I wanted to talk about as far as how we keep making our health a priority is just a commitment to lifelong learning that I know both of us hold very dear to our hearts. So for you in your health, in the health world, where do you turn to learn more and to be challenged? Well, I, you know, it's social media is really powerful. And I think if you can use it to your advantage, um, along with that comes balance to learn how to be inspired, but not, you know, feel convicted that you're, you know, not doing it all. I follow a lot of blogs and, um, a lot of authors that have written books, um, that really to me, they're sharing out of knowledge. And I, 
I just, man, I feel like, okay, um, this person shared a book she read and then, um, that book, that author shared something else that they read or they researched. And I feel like it's all, it's like this spider web, like everything's always like connected and I'm always finding a podcast or a book that someone's reading. And I think the main thing is, is let the people that are speaking into your life, even if that's you following them on a social media network, the people that you're letting speak into your life or share their life, that they sharpen you. So whatever area that you want to be sharpened in, meaning you feel a little dull, you feel like, you know, you're not just your best in that area. You want to learn more, um, find a person that's really good at that and just start gleaning from them. And so it might be, um, for instance, there's a gal that wrote a book and I follow her on Instagram and, and she goes to the supermarket and just pulls out things she buys all the time. Not, product someone's giving her to review. You know what I mean? Like she's mm-hmm. just saying, this is what I buy. You know, here's some meals I make and she'll have like, um, I think it's like supplement Monday supplement day. And she just goes through and talks about the supplement she takes every day. And for me, I love that. Like I love getting a peek into someone's life of the things they actually do on a regular basis. And then I follow people like on YouTube, um, that review books that they read. And then I follow, um, different people who are really living intentional. They're living simple lives. So I feel like I'm finding people that sharpen me in areas that I feel like I need sharpened. And so you can go out and find those people and let them speak into your life. And if anybody makes you feel inferior, they're not sharpening you. And if anyone makes you feel like, they're living this amazing life. It almost seems untrue. It probably is. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. So like the number one thing for me is authenticity. And Mm -hmm. so I, I feel like there's people that just, I I connect with. It's so odd. Like how, how is this girl that I watch her YouTube videos and I watch her Instagram? How do I feel connected with her? Even though I haven't met her, I just feel like she's a friend I would choose. And so that's really what I think is so important that when you want to keep learning in an area about health or whatever it is, an area of, you know, someone that, that is intentional with their time, what are they doing with their time? And then how can they be a good influence on you? It's really like picking virtual friends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I love that your answer again goes back to our whole theme for this episode that it's got to be individual to you Um, right what works for one person or what encourages one person or what teaches one person is not necessarily going to be as helpful for you as you think it is so uh, ladies keep that in mind when you're trying to pick who to listen to and like Lisa said who do who do you allow to speak into your life and look at the fruit look at what it is producing in your life? Is it producing life or is it producing anxiety or stress or self-consciousness? Because those are obviously not going to affect you positively. Um, I just wanted to throw in real quick, specifically on health podcasts is probably my main form of learning right now. Um, I'm getting to be a little bit of a podcast junkie, which I think God is actually dealing with me on that I need to actually sit in some quietness 
more often than always having a podcast running in my ear. So I'm working on that. Um, but one of the podcasts that I really enjoy learning from is called the Healthy Moms Podcast. Um, mm. There was one that she talked about and the um, Katie, the wellness mama, she's at wellnessmama.com. She um, was talking actually about, and she she does interviews with professionals and she was talking about anxiety and stress and how sometimes that can be linked to a deficiency in amino acids. And they are detailing some of the symptoms and then some of the amino acids that they recommend. And I was like, Oh, check, check, check. Okay. That's all me. Like I need to get that. And then they talked even a little bit about um, dosing. And I just thought that that was so fascinating. And I love that they, it, it doesn't feel like she's trying to sell you a product and withhold information so that you'll go to that person and buy it. It's she just right. lays it all out there, which is wonderful, and you can take from it what you need. So I love that. Um, okay, so before we go, I always love it. Speaking of my podcast addiction, I always love it when at the end of a podcast, the podcasters talk a little bit about what they're loving or they ask the people that they're interviewing what they're loving because I always find out about these random fun things that I'm like, oh, maybe maybe that would be fun for my life right now. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe it'd be helpful. So I thought we would do something similar to that. But since we are talking about making me time a priority, I want to ask you some things that you're loving specifically when it comes to taking time for yourself. So what would you say right now is your favorite place to go to get me time? Well, this sounds funny, but I tend to be cold in the fall and the winter. And so I've been really craving um, a bath and I've been trying to make those um, almost daily. Once it gets into winter, I have one every single day, either in the morning before we start homeschool. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's something that, um, I just, I couldn't imagine a homeschool mom saying, yeah, I let my kids play Legos and I sit in the bath. (laughs) That (laughs) sounds so like, it sounds so luxurious, but the, the amazing part about it is that it's warm and it's quiet and it's a small space. And, um, I read or, um, I just sit in the quiet and I just, I feel like I, it just fills me up and it's, um, it's an up arrow for me. And when our church did that series on what's a down arrow and, you know, drains you, well, what's an up arrow. And I always feel, um, just ready for the day when I do it. And, and I only do a bath, uh, before homeschooling on days that I feel, absolutely drained that I have nothing to give. And so those are the only times I do it. I've only done that a few times. And uh, again, the mom guilt tried to come like if people knew you took a bath and, you know, put a movie on for your kids, you know, what would they think? And I thought, you know what? It really doesn't matter. (laughs) It really doesn't matter how I start my day because I'm a better version. I'm, I'm better for them because I am clean and I feel, you know, I get dressed and I'm ready for the day and I feel ready to focus on them because I've uh, taken care of me. Yeah. So it sounds silly, but a bath is like my favorite. And when it's not cold outside, I love, um, probably my favorite would be to slip away to a bookstore. Mm, I like that. 
Yeah, that just kind of summarizes everything that we've talked about so far this season on the mentor's table, that you've got to fill yourself up first if you want to be able to give out to others. Yes. Um, okay, so what is a favorite thing that you have that's just for you? A little indulgence, if you will. Something that maybe doesn't make sense in the budget, but it's something that you delight in, so you make it a priority and go ahead and spend a little extra money to buy it. Man, well, my first thought was I always have nice chocolate in the house mm. and I usually hide it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but the funny, the funny part is that we did make an, an kind of an indulgent purchase for me because I really wanted it. Um, I was studying a lot about filtered water mm-hmm. and the filter went out on our fridge and I felt terrible. I mean, I, almost felt like I needed to go to bed. I felt so bad when I was drinking this unfiltered water, which might sound crazy to someone, but um, I researched and I really, really wanted this Berkey water filter. And so I, you know, was researching and told my husband all about it. And we finally got one and I love it. I just, I get such a kick out of having this filtered water filter. I mean, having this water filter because you can take it camping and literally pour in lake water and it filters mm-hmm. out 99.999% of every single thing in that water and makes it pure. But it's also, um, it's also something that you can use for prepping. If you were ever in, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're to ever lose water, it's something that you can filter any sort of water through. And I get such a kick out of that. And then, um, it's kind of expensive. So I have struggled with, did we really need to buy it? And then the best, the best moment was when we, um, we were at the remodel and we turned off the water Mm. and I was like, I'm not going to buy, you know, water bottles for four months to keep here. I'm going to keep my water filter here and we just pour in tap water. So I get kind of a kick out of that. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) A water filter, but you know, Oh, uh, I'll just geek out with you. That's been on my wish list for quite a while. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, it's this amazing water filter. It gets out the fluoride and the chlorine and all the junk that comes along with our city tap water um, that most of the other filters do not. So I love that you said that. Okay. Well, Okay. I want to recommend, Joy, if it's on your wish list, um, they have discounted ones in the scratch and dent Ooh, section. Okay. And that's Good what I know. did. I finally um, said, listen, there's one for like X amount of dollars off because it has a dent in the back, which I couldn't even find. And oh, nice. I know. So now we have it. And I just think it's like the bee's knees. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. And you kind of alluded to this earlier, but um, maybe you have something else too, but what's your favorite food or drink or snack that's just for you? Maybe something that you do hide from your kids because let's be honest, all of us have one of those hiding places, right? We do. Yes. I um, recently have gotten back into hot tea. Mm. So I have, I specifically bought some um, loose herbal teas that nobody likes in my family but me. And I, yes. I kind of revel in it that nobody <laughs> is like, you know, going in there and taking it. So that, and then I, I just found this delicious, really, really dark chocolate um, mint from Aldi. And there's this package of it and has little bars in it. And so you can 
like open up an individual bar and kind of break it in half and really make those little bars go really far. But it's super rich dark dark chocolate, but it's also dairy free. Mm -hmm. And that was like a really big deal for me because I'm limiting a lot of foods that I've um, felt have contributed to some health issues that I'm still walking through right now. But that chocolate, oh, <laughs> it's uh, really good. <laughs> I miss Aldi. We don't have an Aldi here. and Oh, uh, it's so hard. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining us today. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? I'm on Instagram as Lizzie Loves Health, and it's L I Z Z Y Loves Health. And then I also have a website with a blog, and I have some recent posts about some things that have been going on. And I talk a little bit about not only health, but just different things about lifestyle and our family and some, you know, different things like that. And it's LizzieLovesHealth.com. I love that. You guys need to check that out. There's lots of things about whole body health, not just the physical part of it, but the emotional part and the spiritual part and all of that. So you guys can check that out. And if you're looking for some inspiration for where Lisa turns for learning, her Instagram account would be a good one to start with to get some recommendations. And I find that if I find one person that I really respect or admire or I'm learning from, if I follow them for long enough, they'll rabbit trail and point me to another person and I'll end up liking them as well. So if you're, if you're looking at lifelong learning and how do I find out more about health and I just don't know where to start, my number one recommendation would be start with one person and yes. follow that person. And when you feel that you've really found that one person that really speaks to you, then you can trust their recommendations. And Lisa would be a great one person to start with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us at the table. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Wasn't that so good? I really hope you guys enjoyed our discussion. And I don't know about you, but I really enjoy having another voice at the table to have more of a conversation about the things that matter most to us. I really think that we should keep that going. What do you think? You know, I was super challenged by Lisa's comment at the beginning to wake up by choice and not by chance. I think that's going to be one of the goals that goes on my list for 2018. And speaking of goals, have you ladies already started writing your goals for 2018? I have started thinking about them, but more than goals, I also like to focus on a word for the year. And I just this week got the word that I'm going to be focusing on for 2018. I'm super excited about it and I want to tell you all about it, but I'm going to save that for a different podcast. Well, if you're loving this podcast, please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Leave a review because that helps us get the word out and helps other people find the podcast. And if you can think of a friend that would be blessed by this, please share it with them. In fact, more than sharing it with them, if you could take them to podcasts and show them how to subscribe, you'd be surprised at how many people don't know how to do that already. And that extra little bump in the right direction would help them out a lot. And of course, if you don't want to miss anything that's going on here at the table, Go to thementorstable.com and sign up to join my email list on the right-hand side of the website. 
Until next time, remember, if you make taking care of yourself and your health a priority, yes, even during the holiday season, then there's going to be more than enough of you left over to give to others. And isn't that really what we want over this holiday season, to have more than enough of ourselves to be able to give away in all this time of celebration as well as time of helping other people who are in need? I have this crazy idea. What if we finish this holiday season stronger than what we started? What if we finish it more well-rested? What if we finish it with more grace and more kindness to give at the end than we even started with at the beginning? Because we're taking care of ourselves, we're listening to our bodies, we're feeding our souls, and then we have more than enough left, even at the end of a holiday season. Wouldn't that be incredible? I really believe we can do it if we keep this our priority. Ladies, I believe in you. I know you can do it. 